everyone, welcome back to the Eliza Writes Things Poetry Podcast, where I share with you my poetry that punches and soothes, activating empathy and justice rooted in Christ's body and blood. I am so thankful that you are here with me today and so thankful to be celebrating this holy week through poetry that hopefully is lifting your heart closer to Christ and helping you to better see him as others saw him. It reminds me a lot of the TV series The Chosen. I really really love that series. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It really captured my heart last year when it was first airing and I discovered it and I literally cried like a baby when he rescued Mary Magdalene from the pits of her sin and shame and broken heart. That was essentially the same goal that I sought to achieve with the poetry that I wrote for this holy week, including today's poem, which is does not have any title but simply Wednesday of Holy Week. To give you a better introduction, I want you to keep in mind that this poem is written from the point of view of the Holy Spirit, which was really interesting to get into the thoughts and feelings of within my imagination. It was such a beautiful and uplifting exercise to try to think as the Holy Spirit thinks. Not that I'm trying to put the word, put words in the Holy Spirit's mouth. That's not it at all. It is just how I imagine the Holy Spirit's reaction would be to what Judas did in betraying Christ, another arm of the Holy Trinity. And I know arm isn't necessarily the right word, but the Trinity is a mystery, so we can only come close to describing it with metaphors. I will tell you this Lent has been one of a cleansing fire for me. I have undergone a great deal of suffering this Lent, um, but it has been so beautiful in how it has brought me, forced to bring me closer to Christ and closer to the oceans of mercy in the depths of his sacred heart for me to just bask in and drown in and stay so close to him. Um, It has been so difficult, but I look forward to one day being able to write and articulate these experience that I, experiences that, that that I have had this Lent. I'm stuttering as usual, as I always do. Why do I have a podcast if I stutter so bad sometimes? Um, anyway, this Lent has been so unique and special to me, and that definitely is reflected in the writing that I've done for this Holy Week that I can, if you're listening on Wednesday, I want you to look forward to the writing that I will be posting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the Holy Triduum. I am so eager for that, and I haven't written a poem for Easter yet, but I will. (laughs) Mark my word, I will, because obviously it deserves one. Before I jump in, I want to remind you to please, please leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts if that's where you are listening. That helps this podcast appear higher on search results and be better recommended to other people who are listening to other poetry and faith-related podcasts. Even if you leave a bad review, I will absolutely take that constructive criticism and appreciate appreciate it and if you are not listening on apple podcasts i'm sure you have an iphone and you can leave a review on apple podcasts anyway as always you can find me on instagram at eliza writes things and my website is eliza writes things.com all right let's jump into my poem for wednesday of holy week I breathe in him, but his windows are shut. Thirty pieces of silver for the savior of every human being who has and is and is to come. I love Judas so much. 
He never knew his father, he didn't have friends, and suddenly he gets twelve at once and the love of the word made flesh and it's so much, so much. He thinks life will be easier without all of his rules and sayings and begging on the road. His back hurts from camping and his eyes are clouded by a million specks of Jerusalem dirt in his eyes. Judas, beloved of the triune God, recipient of me, transcending time and space and a million drops of grace to keep his heart beating, to keep him close. Thirty pieces of silver for a triune God incarnate, for lightning and thunder roaring the summit of salvation's tide, the author of lights, the beating of their hearts and sustainer of their breaths, their first and their last. Thirty pieces for the pumping blood divine who loves Judas more than anyone else does. It's so cold here. I beg for a home in his heart, but he bars the door. The key is in the bag of silver for a bleeding man condemned to die, to die. I know the Father commands it happen, but I ache for Christ and for Judas. I thirst for Judas. I thirst for you. I breathe in him, but his windows are shut. Like I said in the intro, it was a really beautiful and interesting experience to try to write a poem from the perspective of the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit really does not get as much recognition as he deserves. Um, We are so quick, I think, to imagine and thus pray to and about God the Father and Jesus because we can picture those beings of the those persons of the Trinity as human beings. Um, we think about God the Father in Michelangelo's creation of Adam, and he looks like an elderly man, a father. We think about Christ in all of the sacred art he's in, knowing that he was a man on earth, word incarnate, walking and breathing and living and eating in the Holy Land. And it's just harder to imagine the Holy Spirit except apart from being a dove or a flame but the holy spirit is just as much a part of the trinity as others and obviously it is a little more difficult to picture a dove or a flame to pray to as an entire being of the holy trinity but the holy spirit still is so so special pentecost is such a great solemnity In this poem, it was really important to me to try to better humanize Judas, not in an attempt to excuse what he did, but for us to better understand him. I think when we are, if especially if we're cradle Catholics or (laughs) cradle Christians and we hear about the passion story from a young age, we're really quick to not want to imagine ourselves as being Judas and think, oh, I would never betray Jesus like that. And really good Bible teachers, um, And theology teachers and mentors remind us that all the time we are Judas betraying Jesus and trading Jesus for worldly possessions and money. But um, we still, I don't think, are very quick to picture ourselves in Judas's position. And by further humanizing him, exploring some of his history, and I am not at all claiming that this is that his not knowing his father or not having friends before the apostles is something that's proven in the Bible. That's like the directors and producers of The Chosen and actors, me trying to color in the characters of the Bible to make them come alive. So in my mind, it was really special to imagine Judas as having in his whole life and especially in his childhood struggled to receive love because he was always abandoned and lonely. It is a lot easier to understand and imagine why Judas would betray Jesus if 
He is just so not used to being truly self-sacrificially, unconditionally to the end loved. If that was something that he was completely ripped of in childhood. That's why in the third stanza, I color that in. And I would imagine, frankly, just traveling from town to town, begging for food and for lodging and camping on the side of the road surely takes a toll on your body, even when it is with Christ, the King himself, the God of the universe. Um, Surely, if I was in that bandwagon, I would be so tired of the Jerusalem dirt and desert dust getting in my eyes and my back would hurt. I mean, we are human. Surely Judas was thinking and feeling those things too and might have just gotten fed up. And like I said, I'm not trying to excuse the sin, the very grave sin that he committed, but I am trying to help us better see ourselves in him. I did not cite this in this poem because this poem is more about the Holy Spirit than it is about Judas, but it is so important to me that we think about if we are in a healthy place to do so think about the implications of Judas committing suicide that is so heartbreaking and that's something that really often we skip over in the passion narrative I think which makes sense because it happens either right before or right after Jesus is crucified and it is such a heartbreaking thing that we like to keep more hush about but I encourage you to think about the implications of that and how regardless of Judas's betrayal or committing suicide, Christ is within Judas. Christ loves Judas to the end. Christ did everything and the Holy Spirit did everything to breathe into Judas and thanks to his sin, his windows were shut as I have in the first and the very last line. The Holy Spirit breathed so much into Judas as one of the 12 apostles, as one of Jesus's chosen 12. And ultimately, I think for a while, Judas accepted it, but something changed and Judas decided not to accept it anymore. I think it was a combination of a ton of little things, like I said, back aching from camping on the side of the road and probably going hungry and having to give away so many possessions because Jesus commands it. It was a ton of little things that built up to that, but also there must have been some big things that happened too that go unrecorded in the Gospels. That is just really interesting to think about, and I want to encourage you, whether you are listening during Holy Week or after, to really press into these things. Try to see yourself in Judas if you are in a mentally healthy place to do so. (laughs) I might not 100% be able to, and you might not either, but if you are, And if you feel called to by the Holy Spirit, press into that. See yourself in Judas because really he has so much to teach us. We can't just write him off as the apostle who betrayed Jesus because Peter did it too. Peter became the Pope and surely all the other apostles did as well, even if it does not get recorded in scripture. Judas, beloved of the triune God, recipient of me. Remember, this is from the perspective of the Holy Spirit. If you go on Instagram, you'll see the text for this poem. And I, hi, I not highlighted, I capitalized me because the Holy Spirit is just as deserving of capitalizing because he has a holy name. Transcending time and space and a million drops of ca- grace to keep his heart beating, to keep him close. The him there is Judas. And that is expressing how... To the depths of hell and back, Jesus went out of love for Judas to save Judas. And to the corners of the universe and back did the Holy Spirit 
go to try to breathe life into Judas. And he succeeded in breathing life into Judas, but Judas did not accept it. 30 pieces of silver for a triune God incarnate, for lightning and thunder roaring the summit of salvation's tide, the author of lights. Author of lights is a reference to a verse in, I believe, the first chapter of James or first John. I really should have looked it up beforehand. Um, in which it calls God the Father of Lights. I just think that's really beautiful. The summit of salvation's tide is a term I kind of coined. So in my junior year theology class, we went through um, the book Bible Basics for Catholics, and I don't remember who it's by, but I'm going to put it in the description. And it is an excellent book because the author draws out the different moments of salvation history that marked covenants between God and his people in the Old Testament and how that using these literal like comic book stick figure illustrations helps you to better understand and see how all of these things are brought to the summit to the ultimate summit and are necessitated for Christ's covenant made with us as he died on the cross and ascended, resurrected and ascended to save our souls. So by the summit of salvation, that's what I'm referring to. And by salvation's tide, I'm referring to that as well. We have the mountains and the valleys of God building covenants with his people, establishing covenants with his people in the Old Testament, and then the people failing him. It's like the ocean waves coming in and out, the tide rising and falling. It's just this repetition of all throughout the Old Testament and salvation history and today. We commit, not commit, we commit sins that bring us far from God and harm our relationships with God. But then we run back to Jesus like the prodigal son and we aspire for lives of virtue and of staying so close to Jesus and to Mary that bring us back to him. 30 pieces for the pumping blood divine who loves Judas more than anyone else does. This is so important to remember. As I record this the day before I'm launching the podcast yet again for the third week in a row, Lil Nas X has just released the quote Satan shoes um, with not Nike but that other company and somehow they have the rights to the Nike swoosh. I don't exactly understand why. To go along with his new music video in which he takes a stripper pole down to hell and then dances with Satan and kills him. It is so important to remember in light of that that Lil Nas X still has all of Christ's presence and all of Christ's love within him regardless of what he does, regardless of how much he sins and how gravely he sins by quite literally dancing with the devil and condoning Satanist sympathizing activity. He still is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He still has the tabernacle within his soul. He still has Christ's blood and water within his soul. He is still just as worthy of drinking of the fountain of Christ's blood and water poured forth from his heart and his side on the cross as we are. That is so important to remember. And the same is true for Judas, who very, very literally physically betrayed Christ during his passion right there in the Holy Land in Jerusalem, the Garden of Gethsemane, literally betrayed, all of us literally betrayed Christ, but he physically did so as well. He still has all of the pumping blood of the divine who loves him more than anyone else does within him. 
This is the final stanza before the last line. It's so cold here. I beg for a home in his heart, but he bars the door. The key is in the bag of silver for a bleeding man condemned to die. In that, by that I mean the key is in the bag of silver. Judas is very literally placing idolatry over money and status and just trying to, I think, save his butt as Christ is being condemned to die. I don't, I surely he also does not want to die. Um, and by that, he's putting the key to his heart that he's preventing the Holy Spirit from swooshing through the doors of in that bag of silver. I know the Father commands it to happen, but I ache for Christ and for Judas. I thirst for Judas. I thirst for you. Those are a direct direct quotes from Jesus' words on the cross, I thirst for you. Also applied to Judas, even right after Judas betrayed him and then later on committed suicide for doing so. Christ thirsted for Judas's heart so much and all he wanted was for Judas to return to him and receive his love, not even not do anything to prove himself, not do XYZ things to try to earn his love back because the whole time he already had his love. He Judas already had all of Christ's love and the same is true for you. Dear sweet listener, lending me so graciously your time to let me speak truth into your ears. You already have all of Christ's love within you. You already have Christ's presence within you. You do not need to do anything to earn it or to prove it. You just need to receive it. And let your recipients, your recipients? Let your receptivity of Christ's love propel you to love others better, to propel you to worship and glorify God better than you did yesterday. We ought to never, ever grow stagnant in our faith lives and in how we excuse me, had to swallow there. We ought never to grow stagnant in our faith lives and in how close we strive to become to Christ's sacred heart and in how much we strive to show our love for Jesus by loving others and loving and worshiping him. We ought not to ever grow stagnant in that. We can always, always, always do more. And when you hear me say those words, please do not feel an immense amount of pressure or stress to like prove yourself because it's not about proving yourself. It is just about responding with love. Let love provoke you to respond with love. I really love <laughs> saying the word love so many times. I really enjoy the Sisters of Life's Let Love podcast and I highly recommend that you listen to it, um, especially the season from this past year and when the titles and the themes are on things like let love wash your feet. Let love be the adventure. Let love pursue you. What a beautiful way to look at Christ because he is love himself. The triune God is love itself. Let love keep your windows open for the Holy Spirit to move and reverberate and echo through your soul and strengthen you all the more to respond to love with love. We were created by love to love for love. I don't remember who said that. I wasn't the one who came up with it, but I've definitely seen it on Instagram somewhere. I would not be surprised if that was JP2 or Mother Teresa. You were made for love, by love, to love. So let the Holy Spirit breathe into you. Let your windows, let the windows of your heart not be shut. And when they are, repent. Judas repented in a sense, but he went about it the wrong way by then committing suicide. Let yourself fully repent in a way that is life-giving and responds to love as we ought to. Thank you so much for joining me on this Wednesday of Holy Week or whenever you are listening. 
You can find me on Instagram at Eliza Writes Things, and you can find my blog and other resources on my website, ElizaWritesThings.com. Please, please leave a review of this show on Apple Podcasts so, like I said, I can appear higher in searches and be better recommended by people who listen to other podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you next week.